Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chelikud Gimel Parsha Shlach Sicha Beis. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha we learned the Pasuk of Va'anoshim Asha Sholach Moshe Lossorus Haaretz and the men that Moshe sent to spy on the land, Va'yashuvu Va'yalinu Olavis Kolaida, and they returned and they instigated the whole congregation against Moshe, Lohetzi Diba Laaretz, by bringing forth Diba on the land. So we learn this Pasuk and the Rashi on it. And there are four parts in the Sicha. The rebel number one, asks seven questions on Rashi. Number two, present the key of what is really bothering Rashi. Because once we understand what's really bothering Rashi, then we'll understand everything that Rashi says. Number three, based on this, answer the seven questions on Rashi. And number four, present the Hira and Avoid the Sashem. We'll begin with some background to the Psukim here that we're discussing. So before these psukim, the Torah tells us about the Chetam Araglam, and how as a result, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu Akenu Badever, that he wanted to wipe out all of the Eden, and build a new nation for Moshe Rabbeinu, and how Moshe Rabbeinu davened to Hashem, and Hashem accepted his tefillah, and said that he won't kill the Eden, however, he won't allow that generation to enter the land, anyone above the age of 20, but rather they would stay in the Midbar, so that they would all die at the age of 60, so they remained in the Midbar for 40 years, and only afterwards you would bring the next generation into Eretz Yisrael. And in continuation to this, we have our Pasuk and the next Pasuk with the Rashi on this Pasuk. So on Rashi's explanation on the Pasuk, and the men that Moshe sent to spy the land, and they returned and instigated the whole congregation against Moshe, by bringing forth Diba, which we'll see what that means, about the land. So Rashi quotes the words, and they returned and they instigated against him. And he explains, And when they returned from spying the land, they instigated the whole congregation against him, against Moshe. But it says, by bringing forth Diba about the land. So those people, they died. So Rashi's leading into the next Pasuk that starts by saying, that these are Noshim, which were Moitziyei Diba Sa'aretzera, that brought forth Diba Ra, bad Diba, about the land, they died by Magaifa in a plague, Lifnei Hashem before Hashem. So that's the explanation of Rashi on this Pasuk, and we'll see there's more to the Rashi, which we'll get to after first explaining this part of the Rashi and asking four questions on it. Now, Mepharshim explain that Rashi is coming to teach over here with his explanation that we shouldn't learn Vayashuvu to mean that the Maragam brought the Yidin to complain again against Moshe. We shouldn't read this Pasuk that is telling us a new a new event that occurred. And it's telling us, And the men that Moshe Rabbeinu sent to spy the land, Vayashuvu again, they returned, Vayalinu all of us They made the entire congregation complain against Moshe once again. Rashi is telling us that that's incorrect. But rather, what is this Pasuk saying? It's repeating what happened as a lead-up to the next Pasuk that says Vayamusu. It's telling us, It wants to say, Vayamusu, they died. But it's just mentioning, so to speak, as a lead-up 
and telling us about these people, what they did. Vayashuvu, that when they returned, Rashi says, shavu, that when they returned and they instigated the whole congregation against Moshe by bringing forth Deba on the land. So those people, they died. And what's the proof that it's just telling us about what they did and not something new that they, a new event that occurred that they once again returned and made the Eden complain. So the proof is because if it was saying that they brought the Yidin to complain again, then it should have started with saying Vayashuvu Anoshim. It should start Vayashuvu Anoshim. We're talking about what they did. They returned and again instigated the people. And since it starts with Vaha Anoshim, so it means it's telling us something about the Anoshim. And what is it telling us? It's telling us what the next Pasuk starts next Pasuk starts with, which is Vayamusa, they died. So it's telling us Vayanashim and regarding the people, Asher Shalach Moshe Lassar Sarts, that Moshe sent to spy the land. And then when they returned and they instigated the whole nation against Moshe by speaking Deba about the land, so those people died. So it's telling us something about the Anashim and not something that they did. And there are four questions here. The first question is that this whole Pasuk is extra according to this explanation. If we learn that the Pasuk over here is telling us a new event that occurred, they again returned and instigated the people against Maishra so it's not extra. It's telling us about a new event. But if it's not telling us a new event, then the whole thing is extra. And to say that it's an introduction to the next Pasuk, to tell us, that the people that spoke badly about the land, they died by Magefa in a plague Hashem before Hashem. And this is an introduction to tell us about these people that Moshe sent to spy the land. And then when they returned, they instigated everyone against him. That's completely extra because we know all of this already. All of this is already known. So this entire Pasuk seems to be extra. The second question is, According to this explanation, Rashi should have just quoted the word Vayashuvu, because that's what he's explaining. He's explaining what's Vayashuvu. It's not telling us something new that happened, but rather Uchisheshavu. It's when they returned. It's just repeating and telling us what they did before. It's the same event as before. So then all that Rashi should quote from the Pasuk is the word Vayashuvu. The third question is, what is Rashi teaching us with the words Hirimu Olavas Kala Eda Baitsaz Diba? That's already written in the Pasuk. All Rashi needs to write over here is Vayashuvu, and they returned. And explain to us, it doesn't mean something new that happened, but rather, And when they returned from spying the land, that's the meaning of the Pasuk here. It's talking about what they did already. And then the rest of the Rashi, that's what the Pasuk says. Vayalinu Olav. They caused everybody to complain. They instigated everyone. So why is Rashi add over here the words, But it says Diba that they instigated the whole nation against Moshe by saying Diba. That's exactly what the Pasuk says. And the fourth question is, what is Rashi adding with the end? Rashi is coming here to tell us that Vayashuvu means Kishashavu. So what's he adding at the end? And you can't say it's to negate Kola because it says in the Pasuk, Vayashuvu, Vayalinu Olav, as Kola So maybe Kola was Vayamusu. You can't say that, that that's what Rashi is coming to negate and tell us, no, it's only Oysam Anashim Vayamusu. Since it says clearly in the next Pasuk that says Vayamusu, it says Vayamusu Ha'anashim Meitziyei Dibasa Aritzra Bamagayful Ifne Hashem. It's only those people. And it's also very difficult to say that since this side point is so long, we have this whole side point, Uchisheshavu, and when they returned, 
from spying the land. They instigated the whole congregation against Moshe by speaking about the land. So we have this whole side point. So Rashi comes back and tells us it's those people that died. That So we're going to say that since the side point is so long, so it goes back to repeat what it started with, to say it's all an introduction to Vayimusu, it's very difficult to say this because it's self-understood. Obviously that's what the Pasuk is saying. This is not something that Rashi has to therefore recap and say, Rashi continues in the same exact teaching. He continues right after the word Vayimusu and he says, whenever it says bringing forth Diba, it means that a person is training their speech. They're training their tongue to to a person by talking about him. And he brings an example, that it's training the lips of those who are slumbering to be able to talk. And then Rashi concludes, sometimes it's for something good, and sometimes it's for something bad. It exists for both of them. When you have the word Diba, it is, it is found where it's for good, and it's found where it's for bad. That's why it says over here, meaning in the next Pasuk, it adds the word Ra'a because the word Diba alone doesn't mean necessarily bad. And he concludes, because there is a Diba that's good. Because of space, we don't have over here the gray box with the arrow pointing upwards. Instead, we have a gray scroll to explain what Rashi is saying. So simply, the difficulty Rashi is answering is that in the next Pasuk, it says, Dibas Haaretz Ra'a. And then our Pasuk, it just says, Lohetzi Diba Ala Haaretz. It doesn't say Ra'a. So Rashi answers and tells us the reason is because the word Diba itself doesn't mean necessarily that it's something bad. Because v'yeshna l'tayva, v'yeshna l'ra. And so l'kach n'emar, in the next pasuk, m'yitzi'e diba sa'aret sara'a. She'yesh diba, she'yi tayva, because there's diba, which is tayva. So he's answering over here, this is what it seems like, why in the next pasuk it says diba sa'aret sara'a, even though in our pasuk it just says diba. And there are three questions here. The first question is, that this teaching of Rashi should be in the next Pasuk, because that's where the question arises. When we get to the next Pasuk and it says Ra, that's where the question comes up. So that's where this teaching of Rashi should be. The second question is that if for whatever reason you're going to explain that it does belong in our Pasuk, but simply there's no connection between what Rashi explains over here about Diba to what he explains at the beginning about Uchashashavu, and so if that's the case, Rashi should have taught it in a separate Dibra Maschal. He should have quoted from the Pasuk the word Diba and then explained, Diba Why is it all in one teaching of Rashi, in one Dibra? And the third question is, why does Rashi repeat at the end, Sheyesh Diba Shehi Teva? He already said earlier, V'yeshna L'Teva, V'yeshna L'Ra. So why does he say again at the very end, Sheyesh Diba Shehi Teva? Now we're going to move on to the key of the Sikha. And the key of the Sikha is to understand what's really bothering Rashi. And once we understand what's really bothering Rashi, then we'll see how everything that Rashi says comes to answer those questions. And how everything that Rashi says fits perfectly with answering those questions. And that's why Rashi says what he says. So the explanation of all of this is as follows. In addition to what we said, that Rashi is coming to teach us that this wasn't the second complaint, 
The main teaching of Rashi here is to answer our first question, which was that the whole Pasuk over here seems to be extra. And Rashi is also coming to answer another question in our Pasuk. So there's a thing Rashi wants to teach us, that it's not a second complaint. But then there is also two questions that Rashi is coming to answer. The main question is that this whole Pasuk seems to be extra. And then there's another question in our Pasuk. And that is, in the words of Hashem to Moshe, so over there it emphasizes that the complaint of the Miraglim was against Hashem. And like it says clearly, that they're complaining against me, against Hashem. And the same thing is written clearly regarding the complaint of the rest of the Yidin. Over there it says, Im gaymer gaymer. Again, it speaks about how they complained against Hashem. And in this Pasuk, where it talks about what they did, it speaks about their complaint against Moshe. Now, even though they also complained against Moshe, as it says, But number one, also Aaron is included there. We don't see Moshe being separate from Aaron. And in our passage, it mentions Moshe specifically. And number two, more importantly, complaining against Hashem is much more severe than complaining against Moshe. So why does the passage over here emphasize that they made everyone complain against Moshe and not Hashem? And over here already now, we're going to answer our second question. And that is that since Rashi is also answering this third question about why it emphasizes Moshe, therefore he also quotes the words, because that's what he's coming to answer. He's coming to answer, why does it say Olav? And in addition, because the point of the answer of Rashi regarding what this whole Pasuk is teaching us, as we'll see, we didn't answer that at all. What is this Pasuk teaching us? The point of the answer is answered through the words Vayilainu Olaf. So that's where Rashi quotes the words Vayilainu Olaf. Number one, because he's coming to answer, why does it say Vayilainu Olaf on Moshe and not on Hashem? And number two, because those words are the key to understanding what this whole Pasuk is coming to tell us. Because it seems like the whole Pasuk is extra. Those words are the key to understanding what this Pasuk is teaching us and why this Pasuk is not extra. And so therefore, Rashi quotes these two words as well. Now we're going to move into the main point of the answer and answering questions 1, 3, and 4. So this Pasuk is coming to answer a simple question. The question is, in the previous Pesukim, it's explained how Hashem became angry at the Yidin to the extent that He said, Akenu that Hashem wanted to smite the Yidin with the plague and then build a new nation out of Moshe Rabbeinu. And nevertheless, Moshe, through his tefillah, he was able to bring about that Hashem said, that He forgave the Yidin, that they shouldn't die right away, but rather over a span of 40 years and to the extent that none of them died before the age of 60 years old. And so the question is, if so, why wasn't the tefillah of Moshe also able to help for the Meraglim that they too should not die right away on that very day? Because in Pshut HaShemikro, they died that very day. And that's why our Pasuk comes before the next Pasuk that teaches Vayamusu Anashim. The next Pasuk tells us that they died. Our Pasuk comes beforehand. And it tells us, Vayanashim HaShashalach Moshe V'Gamer Vayashuvu Vayalinu Olav Eskola Eda Gamer. The Pasuk is telling us over here, and that's why it's not extra. It's coming to tell us, what, what's the reason Vayamusu Anashim? What's the reason they died and the Tefillah of Moshe was not able to help them? It's because they intended to fight against Moshe himself. And therefore, the Tefillah of Moshe was not able to help them. 
And like the rule that Rashi already taught us, that ein kateger nasa the prosecutor, the reason for the prosecution cannot become the defense. And since the reason for the prosecution was that they complained against Moshe, so that can't become their defense. The tefillah of Moshe can't help them. And also we know the rule that Rashi taught us, that a person is judged, midah keneged midah. And since they attacked Moshe, so Moshe can't be used to help them. So that's what this Pasuk is coming to teach us. This Pasuk is not extra. It's coming to explain to us what's the reason the Tefillah of Moshe was able to help for the whole Klai Yisrael, but it wasn't able to help for the Miraglim themselves. And the Pasuk is telling us the reason is because those people, they complained against Moshe. They went against Moshe, and so therefore the Tefillah of Moshe cannot help them. And that's exactly what Rashi is telling us over here. That's why we have the whole continuation of Rashi, the section that we asked the question on. We asked questions three and four. Why does Rashi say he says That's what Rashi is explaining on the words Shuvu Olav. Rashi is telling us that he removed because they instigated the whole congregation against Moshe. So those people who did it, they died. Because they went against Moshe. So Moshe's tefillah cannot be helpful to them. And that's what Rashi is teaching us over here. Rashi is telling us the meaning of this Pasuk is, what's the reason the tefillah of Moshe couldn't help them? Because he removed all of us, because they instigated the whole congregation against him. By it says Diba, with their, that they're bringing forth Diba. And therefore, those people, they died because the tefillah of Moshe couldn't help them. Now, even though the Yidin also complained against Moshe, like it says, but their intent wasn't to go against Moshe. By the Miraglim, there they had an intent to go against Moshe, so the tefillah of Moshe couldn't help them. By the Yidin, that wasn't their intent. And they were just concerned about being killed, so they complained against Moshe because their fear of being killed. Whereas the Miraglim, they specifically went against Moshe, and that's why the Tefillah of Moshe couldn't help them. And this is what the Pasuk is coming to tell us, and this is what Rashi is telling us is the meaning of the Pasuk. According to all this, the flow of the two Pesukim is very well understood. And it's also understood why the second Pasuk repeats, even though the first Pasuk already says, the first Pasuk is not talking about what caused the death of the Miraglim, but rather why the Tefillah of Moshe wasn't able to help them like it helped the rest of Klai Yisrael. And it only says in that Pasuk, because that's what happened. It's not telling us the reason the Tefillah of Moshe didn't help with those words. It's telling us the reason the Tefillah of Moshe didn't help is because because they instigated the whole congregation against him. Now, in what was it? It was in Lohetzi Dibala Aretz. So the emphasis over here is not the Lohetzi Dibala Aretz. That's just telling us because that's what happened. The emphasis over here is that it was that they instigated everyone against Moshe Rabbeinu. And the second Pasuk tells us what caused their death. And that was that they were Moetzi Dibala Aretz they spoke badly against the land, and that was against Hashem. So they died because of what they did against Hashem. And the reason the tefillah of Moshe didn't help is because they instigated everyone against Moshe, and in kateger nasa and the way Hashem judges is in a way, like we said, of midah keneged midah. Now we're going to move on to answering questions 5, 6, and 7. Really what we're moving on to answer is, what's the second part of Rashi here for? Why is it included in this Rashi? It seems like we have a full and complete understanding of what the Pasuk is telling us. However, as we'll see, there's actually a difficulty in what we set up to now. There's a question, and that question is what Rashi is coming to answer with his whole explanation about Diba. 
So according to all this, however, we need to understand, since the whole intent of this Pasuk is to explain that they instigated everyone against Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's why Moshe's tefillah couldn't help them, and it's not here to explain the reason they died, so it would fit better not to mention in the first Pasuk the oven that caused them to die. There should be no mention of it over here whatsoever. Even though it's normal for the Pasuk to tell us that side detail, but over here where it could confuse someone that it's telling us something of relevance, it shouldn't be written, because then it seems like it's also teaching the reason they died. So it shouldn't be written here at all. And therefore Rashi adds right away in the same Dibur, his teaching that Kolod says, This is what Rashi is coming to answer. That's why it belongs over here, because there's a question that is now here after we learn the first part of Rashi. Why does it say in the Pasuk over here that they were Diba? Why does it mention it? It could confuse us and make us think that that's the reason they died. That's the reason over here in the Pasuk. And we're not going to be able to fully and properly focus just on the words, So that's why Rashi adds right away in the same Dibur that meaning that the Pasuk is not mentioning any oven, but rather that they complain through speech because the word Dibur doesn't mean something bad. In other words, the Torah purposely wrote Diba plainly. That can also be Lataiva, because for this Pasuk, even if they complained against Moshe with good speech, it would still explain why the feel of Moshe wasn't able to help them. Because if they're complaining against Moshe, it makes no difference if it's Taiva or Ra. If it's against Moshe, Moshe can't help them. So that's what Rashi tells us, that this Pasuk is not saying anything about speaking badly about the land, something against Hashem, because the use of the word Diba does not indicate that it was something bad, because all Diba means is that someone's training their speech, it could be for good, it could be for bad, it could be for anything, it doesn't have to be specifically bad, and Rashi brings a proof for this from the next Pasuk, where it says, that's why he says, L'kach Nemar, he's not saying, therefore, we should understand why in the next Pasuk it says raw. he's saying, because Diba could be good, my, what's his proof? From the fact that in the next pasuk, Lakach Nemer Khan, in the next pasuk, Metziah Diba Sa'aritzra. So when he brings the next pasuk, it's not to explain the next pasuk, he's explaining our pasuk. And the next pasuk is the proof, since in the next pasuk it says Ra. And there it's teaching why they died, why the Miragam died, and it needs to tell us it was Ra. So that proves that in our pasuk, where it doesn't say Ra, it means that it's not talking about their oven. It's not talking about their bad speech. That's not what's relevant in this Pasuk. The only thing relevant in this Pasuk is that it was Vayileinu Olav. And so it's understood that this Pasuk is not telling us why they died, but just why the Tefillah of Moshe wasn't able to help them. And this is also why Rashi repeats at the end, Rashi starts off and tells us, That's why in the next Pasuk it says, because it, otherwise we don't know what's wrong. And then he concludes, He's not just telling us it exists. We know it exists. He said at the beginning, Rather, he's telling us, which is the Diba in our Pasuk. He's referring to the first Pasuk, to our Pasuk, where it doesn't say what type of speech it was. And even if it was positive, even if it was Teva, it would be understood why the Tefillah of Moshe wasn't able to help them. And this we answer the last three questions. Why is this Rashi and our Pasuk, why is it in the same Dibur? And why does he conclude Shiyesh Diba Shihi Teva? Because he's explained to us that the word Diba over here in our Pasuk can mean, is just telling us speech and it could be Teva. In our Pasuk they could have spoken a good speech, but since it was against Moshe, therefore the Tefillah of Moshe couldn't help them. So that's why it's over here.
And that's why it's in the same Dibur, and that's why he concludes Shiyesh Dibur Shiyitaiva, which is the Dibur in our Pasuk. And so that explains to us why these words are not problematic, that they're being inserted in the Pasuk that just talks to us about they're complaining against Moshe. Why do you have the word Dibur that indicates speech about the land? Because Dibur does not indicate bad speech about the land. Dibur just indicates that they had they used their speech for something. It's irrelevant if it was good or bad. What's relevant is that it was being used against Moshe. And that's the reason why the Tefillah of Moshe couldn't help them. The Hira, the lesson in Aveda is, it says in Tikkuni Zayar that Ispashtusa the Moshe Bechol Dara Vadara. There's an Ispashtus of Moshe in every generation. And Razal said, Ain Dar There's no generation that doesn't have in it someone like Moshe. And it's understood that just like Moshe Rabbeinu was Mispalo for each and every Yid. And he concerned himself with all the Yidin to the extent that this is how Hashem tested him when he was a shepherd by seeing if he cared for each and every sheep. So the same is true with Ispashtusa the Moshe Bechol that they concern themselves and are mispalel for each yid in their generation. And even though there are many that are able to be mispalel on their own, a complete fila, and actually everyone has a mitzvah say to be mispalel, but nevertheless even they need the fila of Moshe of their generation. And the reason is because like it says in Tanya that they're the level of and therefore it's understood that just like in Gashmias when something is missing or there's pain in any of the limbs of the body it's specifically felt in the so the same is true in Ruchnias that the tefillah for the whole body of Yidin for all its limbs is through the that feels it fully the and furthermore the tefillah of an individual is elevated through the Moshe Shebedar, since he is the Memutza Machaber of Yidin and Hashem, and like it's written that Moshe Rabbeinu said, that Moshe stands between Hashem and the Yidin, and so even the tefillah of a Yochid is elevated through the Moshe Shebedar. And we learn this from the conduct of Moshe in our parsha. Yidin went off the straight path to the extent that it was decreed upon them that Hashem would smite them. And since they were a derdea, meaning they had a connection to the level of Moshe, who was the level of Das, so certainly they were on a high level in their Avedis Hashem, including in Avedis HaTfilah. And nevertheless, only Moshe Rabbeinu, through his Tfilah, was able to accomplish that not only shouldn't they die right away, but that they should all live until the age of 60, meaning that many of them lived close to 40 years after the Chet HaMaraglam. And it wasn't a life of pain, but rather a good life, both in Gashmis and in Ruchnis. Like we know in Gashmis, they had the Lechem and Hashemayim, they had Mayim of Be'er of Shemiriam, they had the Anani Akavi to protect them from the dangers in the desert and also to clean and iron their clothing. And also in Ruchnis, they were on a very high level. And similarly regarding the Moshe Shebecholder, that he concerns himself with each and every Yid. And he is mispalel, and he's effective through his tefillah by drawing down kol tuv begashmis of Ruchnis.